So, yeah, um, great showing for the first night. Um, yeah, it's a little cozy, but, but um, I did want to use the screen. So, for the first topic, I wanted, I wanted to speak to you about the Mass. Um, the Mass is the central act of our worship as Catholics. Um, so, God willing, you'll be attending the Mass throughout the rest of your life. And it's, it's helpful for us, even, even for me as a priest, it's helpful for me periodically to come back to the Mass and look at it another time. Um, it's inexhaustible in its richness. Um, so there is, there's another seat up here. If, if, uh, we've got Heather, if you want to be very brave and come right to the front. Um, we've got a seat here. There's, there's, there's two, three seats. There's, there's another one here. Hello. So because the Mass is the central act of our worship as Catholics, um, we can't know it enough. We can't love it enough. The Mass that we have here is, is under attack. For some reason, today especially, it's a sign of contradiction. Um, it's opposed by, by those who have power in the church. Um, yet we hold on to it because we believe it is the most authentic expression, um, not only of our faith, but what our Lord has given us. So we should want to know it better, and that's the purpose of these first um, conferences that we'll be giving you to understand the Mass better. And the Mass that we have is, um, we're going to notice various things about it. One of the things we're going to hopefully notice is um, the Mass is a, a test of your purity of intention. Um, why, why do you come to Mass? What, what's, what's the point? Why, why are you there? Um, what do you get out of the Mass? Um, and in a sense, we, we could say, hopefully, um, that we, we, we do not... <laughs> get something selfish out of the Mass. You know, the, this is one of the big criticisms we have of Protestant services is that people tend to go to church in order to get some sort of emotional rush. Um, but our liturgy is so sober. It's very sober. Especially if you go to a low Mass. Um, you're, you're not going to get that immediate emotional rush. You, you, you have to give something into it. You, you, you have to be there for the right reason for you to persevere in going to the Mass. Um, so what, what, what you must want to do when, when you go to Mass, above all, is, is to pay homage to God, um, to have the sense that, that there is a God who made me. Um, I want, I'm his creature. I've received everything from him. And this is the most perfect act of worship that I can offer to him. I can unite myself to the offering of his own Son, to the Heavenly Father through this liturgy. This is what you believe, and this is why you come to Mass. You want to pay homage, supreme homage, to God. That's, that's the point. Um, and what we're going to see is, is that the traditional Mass, as it's constructed, has two parts. And, and the first part of the Mass is to prepare you for that supreme act of our Lord coming down on the altar... And our Lord is really present, and he's going to offer himself once more 
to the Heavenly Father in reparation for sins, to a, in, in adoration, in thanksgiving, and in petition. He's, he's going to do those things while he's there. And you, as baptized Catholics, you have the power to unite with that sacrifice. Um, so you receive a character when you're baptized, and every, every sacrament that gives a character that imprints a character on your soul um, gives you a power, a certain power to perform supernatural actions. In the case of baptism, by the character, the mark that's on your soul, you have the power to come to Mass and actually unite with the priest in the offering of the sacrifice. You don't offer the sacrifice yourself, but you have the power to unite with the priest. And this is what you must want to do. The main thing you must want to do when you come to Mass, you must want to unite yourself with the sacrifice of our Lord being accomplished on the altar. So there's this wonderful encyclical of, of Pius XII called Mediator Dei. And in Mediator Dei, he, he has a section, it's a very long encyclical, but he has a section where he speaks about attending Mass. And he says that it is the chief duty and the supreme dignity of Catholics to assist at Mass. Your chief duty as a Catholic, and the highest thing that you can do is assist at Mass. And he, he, he asked the question, so what are you supposed to do at Mass? How are you supposed to attend Mass? And he, he gives the quotation from St. Paul, um, where St. Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And he uses that as a way to explain how you should assist at Mass. When you go to Mass, the very best way for you to attend Mass is try to have the same mindset as our Lord. So what did our Lord, why did he come down on this earth? He came down on this earth to offer sacrifice to God for the sins of mankind. That's what, what you must want to do. That's what you must want to do when you come to Mass. You must want to offer sacrifice to God for the sins of mankind. Um, how do you adopt the mentality of our Lord? How do you take on that mindset of our Lord? He says, well, what is our Lord doing at Mass? What are the roles that our Lord plays at Mass? So there's two roles that our Lord plays. And these, these roles... Um, are relate to, to giving homage to God. And so our Lord is the priest. He's a priest and he's also a victim um, at Mass. <coughs> he's priest and victim. These are the two roles that he has. And so when Pope Pius XII says, you must have the same mentality of our Lord. He wants you to have the mentality of both a priest and a victim. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, what does a priest do? Um, the priest is the one who offers homage to God. The, the role of the priest is, is to give glory to God um, in the sacrifice. I said that's you, you must want to do that. You must want to... You must want to 
bow down before God. Um, we may speak of two different liturgies that go on. One is the external liturgy that goes on at the Mass. And that's primarily accomplished by the priest. But there's also a liturgy that goes on inside of you. This is the dispositions of your heart. Um, what kind of homage are you paying to God while you're at Mass? We can especially think about that in, in the context of our, of our Thanksgiving or Holy Communion. Uh, we receive Holy Communion, we go back to our pew, we close our eyes, we make our Thanksgiving. What, what do we do with our Lord at that, at that time? Um, do, do we say a quick prayer and then forget about him? Um, or do we perform a liturgy? Do we perform some ritual in our heart? You know, do we enthrone our Lord and, and, and bow down before him um, to, to show him our reverence, our love? Um, so think about our Lord on the cross. Um, what, were, what was going on in his heart? What, what was he thinking about with regards to the Heavenly Father? Um, obviously, he was offering himself. He was offering himself. He wanted to give honor to the Heavenly Father, and he wanted to offer himself as a victim. So, so the, the role of the priest is to offer homage to God. The role of the victim is to be the thing that is offered. So the, the priest is the offerer, and the victim is the thing offered. And our Lord is both of those. Our Lord is both of those. And Pius XII says, you must want to try to be both of those. Um, you offer our Lord with the priest at Mass, and you offer yourself. You have something to bring to Mass. Um, you have your crosses, you have your trials. Um, these especially help you unite yourself with the sacrifice of our Lord. I don't think any of us come to Mass and there's like no worries whatsoever in our, in our life, no troubles, um, no difficulties, no sufferings, no trials. These, these are the things that, that we present to God with a good heart, not in a spirit of self-pity, but saying, this is what I have, this is what your son has, this is what your son has to offer you, an infinite homage. I also have something, very little, here's my, my green sand that I put on there. I put on the paten, you know, at the offertory with our Lord. Um, you know, the Pius Twelfth indicates that there are certain times in the Mass where the faithful are told about this. You're, you're told that you're expected to be offering the sacrifice with the priest. You, you're expected to be united with the sacrifice. So at the offertory, um, the 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 priest, first of all, he offers the host. Then he goes over and there's wine poured in, um, but the priest says nothing when the wine is poured in. It's only when the water is poured in, he, he blesses the water. And that's you. The water symbolizes you. And then he pours a drop of water into the chalice. 
And that's a symbol of, of you mingling. You, you're, you're offering mingling with the blood of our Lord. And then, and then the priest goes over to the center and he says the Ophariumus prayer. We offer to you this um, at the offertory. That's, that's one of the indications that you are meant to be involved. This is, this is the, the true active participation. And there's, uh, around the Second Vatican Council, there's all this language about active participation. We need to get the faithful engaged. Um, and what they saw as active participation is much more of a physical thing than a spiritual thing. Um, so before, active participation was a phrase. It was an actual phrase. It was used. But active participation was seen as something much more spiritual, um, it, more the acts, the interior acts that you make while you're at the Mass. And that's what I'm talking about. These are these interior acts where you have this will to unite with the sacrifice that is being accomplished at the Mass. So the, the, the water is mingled with the wine. And then uh, there's a prayer to the Trinity. Whether there's a lavabo and, and there's a prayer to the Trinity. And the priest turns around, right? And the priest says, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Father Almighty. Um, so the priest has, has already said prayers to, to ask God that the sacrifice be acceptable. And then he asks you to say a prayer. All throughout the offertory, he said these prayers, wanting to offer something to God. But then he turns around. Um, and whenever, whenever the priest turns around at the Mass, it's like, hey, guys, you're still with me. Um, you know, <laughs> you're supposed to be united with me at the Mass. So the, the Dominus Vobiscu, every time the priest turns around, it's, it's a signal. It's a signal to the faithful. It's like you're supposed to be awake. You're supposed to be um, uniting with with the Mass that's taking place. So the priest says, now it's your turn to pray, to say a prayer, like the prayers that I've said, that this sacrifice be acceptable. And then the the server, of course, he says a sushipiat, um, and it's it's your prayer. There's there's other prayers that that happen. Um, So... That's, that's the main thing that, that you must want to try to do uh, when you come to Mass. That is the heart of our worship, our Catholic identity. That, that is the essence of what we are as Catholics. The uniting of ourselves with the sacrifice of our Lord. We believe that this is the greatest thing that can happen on this earth. The most important thing that can happen on this earth is this renewal of the sacrifice of Calvary at Mass. That's why, you know, for, for, for us, um, you, even if you don't have a, a sermon or you don't have chant or, or whatever, um, you've got to have the Mass. The Mass is, is everything. <clears throat> okay, so let's, let's just go through the parts of the Mass. We're going to go sequentially through the parts of the Mass. And as I mentioned, um, the Mass has two parts, and, and we, we, we don't know the ultimate origin of the Mass. The, the Masses we have today had its ultimate origin in a historical time so remote that, that we don't have the actual records. I mean, um, we, we know that Pope Gregory the Great, in around 600, the year 600, made some changes, made some additions, a few little additions to the Mass. 
we, we know that the mass existed before that, but we don't have the original documents and the original composer of the mass. And the main reason for that is that the mass was really kept secret in the first centuries of the church. The Christians were under persecution. Um, they had a great reverence for their worship. And they did not want to expose their worship to the pagans. They did not want to tell them about the Mass until they had made a commitment to follow our Lord, that they had expressed willingness to convert to Catholicism. Only then would they be told or even allowed to go to the entire Mass. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be allowed to, to attend the whole Mass. So, so there'd be the first part of the Mass, called the Mass of the Catechumens. You know, the Catechumens, fancy word for a convert who has not yet been baptized. So that's the first part of the Mass. And the second part of the Mass is the Mass of the Faithful. So the Mass of the Catechumens does not give an explicit hint as to what happens in the rest of the Mass. There's no explicit hint of, we're going to offer a sacrifice. We're going to renew the sacrifice of Calvary. You don't you don't see that in the Mass of the Catechumens. And the creed stands in the middle. Like if you're willing or you're capable of expressing the creed, the faith, it's, it works like a password to get into the, to the rest of the Mass. Um, so the, the Mass was, was, the whole Mass was kept secret. They would allow the Catechumens to come to the first part of the Mass. And then at the um, the end after the after the sermon, it would tell them to leave. It would tell them to leave. And and the Latin the Latin word for for being sent away is uh, misus or misa. Uh, uh, you, you can you can say like congregatio misa est or something. Um, you know the 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 catechumens are dismissed. You can say the catechumens are dismissed. You use the word misa. So that, that word that was used at that time when they were told, okay, you guys, you got to go now. You got to go. Um, they would use the word Misa. That was the Misa at that point. And from that word, the entire Mass was named. Because the, the Mass, the essential part of the Mass, started at the Misa. When people were sent away, that was when the Mass proper started the sacrificial part of the Mass, started at the Misa. So you, you have... I've, I've only got one color. But, um, so you have the, the Mass of the Catechumens. And then you have the Misa. So the Catechumens are sent away And then you have the Mass of the Faithful. So because the Misa is right here, and that's when you start the, the main part of the Mass, the Mass ended up being called the Mass, the Misa. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a strange word. It's a very strange word to, to call the Mass. Yeah, and you, you know, you get to the end of the mass. It's like ite misa es. 
Vite Misa asked. Um, you know, like, huh? Um, so now the dismissal is at the very end, right? The priest says, go. It is the Mass. Like, okay. Um, so that's, that's an origin of that word. And this, this first part, as I say, the Mass of the Catechumens, its purpose is not to accomplish the sacrifice. Its purpose is to prepare you for the sacrifice. It's to dispose your soul to profit as much as possible from the Mass of the Faithful. So let us just go over um, this first part of the Mass. And um, there's this great comic book um, called Know Your Mass. It's, it's, got, it's great because it's got some wonderful diagrams. Um, I don't mind sharing them with the adults because I'm a priest, and when I came across this book, I was like, man, this is fantastic. I learned a lot from it myself. Like you can learn a lot from it. Um, so I'm going to share that with you. This gives a diagram of the way the Mass works. As I was saying, the first part is preparation to dispose your soul for what happens in the Mass of the Faithful where the sacrifice is accomplished. So that is the main thing. And the Mass of the Catechumens is only a preparation for the, the Mass of the Faithful. We can see that in various ways, um, that the Mass of the Catechumens is only a preparation for the Mass of the Faithful. Um, you know that <clears throat> if you arrive late for Mass, I know nobody arrives late for Mass, but I'm just saying, speaking hypothetically, <laughs> if it happens to happen, you're considered as attending Mass if you arrive by the time of the offertory, right? If you arrive sometime after the offertory, you have not gone to Mass. So you do not fulfill your Sunday obligation if you arrive after the offertory. That's why people like when Father Robinson's saying Mass because he preaches so long. <laughs> and they're pretty safe if they're running late. <laughs> they're going to make it before the offertory. <laughs> so... <clears throat> The church says, you got to be there for the accomplishment of the sacrifice. Or you haven't attended Mass. The Mass as Mass, operatory, consecration, communion. That's the main part of the Mass. Um, so that's, that's an indication that the Mass of the Catechumens is not as important as the Mass of the Faithful. But the, the Mass of the Catechumens prepares us in different ways. So there's various themes that reappear throughout the Mass in the prayers. There's a spirit that um, is in the Mass in the, the uh, movements that the priest is, is prescribed to perform, um, his bows, um, the, the various gestures, He's, he's asked to do with his hands, um, the, the, the position of his hands, what he does with his hands. Um, he, there's three types of bows that the priest has to do. There's, there's the head bow, and that's like for the name of a saint, or the name of Our Lady. Even the name of the Pope, the priest has to bow his head. There's a shoulder bow, 
And there's various prayers that the, the priest is asked to bow his shoulders. And then there's the waist bow, where the priest goes horizontal. Um, and that happens four times in the Mass. That the confidier, um, there's the munda cor, um, the teiji tour, and the suficies terugamas, where the four times the priest does that. These are expressive of something. These, these are expressive of the church's desire that the priest pay homage, give reverence to God, also to the saints, to Our Lady. Um, the prayers themselves, if we look at the prayers, and these, these prayers are so beautiful, very wonderful prayers. The prayers themselves um, have various recurring themes. One of them is, is the unworthiness of the priest. The priest always is always talking about how unworthy he is, that he's a sinner. Um, we're going to see this many times in the prayers. Another thing is the, the purpose of the Mass is the salvation of mankind. Why did our Lord die on the cross? He wanted to save mankind. Um, this is the, the point. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, you know, that, that we may be saved. So we will see in the Mass so many prayers say that we're doing this for the salvation of our souls, that we may be saved. Um, there's also this, this very Catholic spirit of the consciousness that we need help. We, we don't just want to do this on our own power, but we're, we're constantly wanting to get the saints involved. We're referring to the saints. We're asking the saints to be with us. There's the presence of the mystical body of the church. So uh, the saints in heaven. Also the faithful. The faithful who are in the pews. The faithful throughout the world. There's references to them. Um, we, we, are, we are doing this as a family. Uh, you know, church militant, church triumphant, church suffering. There's also <clears throat> a deep awareness of the reality of sin. Um, that, that sin is real, that, that sin needs to be paid for, um, that, that we need to do this ritual in order to make amends for the sins of the world. That the sins of the world are very damaging, they're, they're very bad, and we are doing this in order to make up for them. So, the priest starts at the foot of the altar. He doesn't just go up to the altar. He starts at the bottom. It's, you, can think of, um, you can think of going up a mountain. You can think of the whole, a holy mountain. So, the, the priest wants to go up to the altar of God, but he doesn't, doesn't come out of the sacristy and just like walk right up there. No. He wants to start at the bottom and perform some preparatory prayers before he will ascend. Um, and these preparatory prayers are meant to purify his soul, to get his soul ready for, for that. So as you know, um, the Mass starts off, of course, with the sign of the cross, very appropriate, because we, we are renewing the sacrifice of the cross, right? Um, so it's appropriate we start with the sign of the cross. And then... There is Psalm 42. The church has chosen Psalm 42. 
And what the church does is she she um, does the same thing she often does or always does in the divine office. So if you've ever been to Compline or you've ever been to Prime, if you've joined Mrs. Laura and Mrs. Fisher and the priest for Prime, um, yeah, um, sometimes the pre- some of the priests are not there, but Mrs. Fisher and Mrs. Laura are always there. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll notice in the office is that the church chooses a psalm or multiple psalms to be prayed for a given office of the week. So you have like Tuesday Prime. And it's like maybe Psalm 24. And she starts off with an antiphon. Um, it's a psalm sandwich. So you have an antiphon, then you have the psalm, and then you have the antiphon repeated. And the antiphon is some verse that's taken from the psalm. And the verse that is taken from the psalm that is called the antiphon. It's just one, one line, one sentence that's taken from the psalm itself. It's called the antiphon, and, it go, and it's, it's said at the beginning, and it's said at the end as well. And when the church does it, she's saying, in this psalm, this is what I want you to think about. This is the main thought that you're supposed to be thinking about in this psalm, when you're praying this psalm. That's the main thought. Because the psalms are, can, be, can be very long, they can be somewhat short. Um, but this is a way for the church to indicate what is most important in that psalm, in this context. In this context. And this is what she does at the Mass. She gives us an antiphon, something to think about, something for the priest to think about. So what is that antiphon? What is that antiphon? Danny? I'll go into the altar of God, God will give the joy to my youth. Yes. Intui bar altar idei adem kuritificat yuvintutemem. Right? That's, that's, the priest says, in many patris, if you raise spirit for sancti, amen. Intui bar altar idei. The service right? So that means, I will go unto the altar of God, to God who gives joy to my youth. Now, where do we find these words? Where are these words, where are these words taken from? Where do they come from? Julie? David? Well, probably David. Probably David. Um... Psalm 42. Psalm 42. They call. They come from Psalm 42, which is the psalm we're getting ready to pray, right? So the psalm Yudika Mei Deus contains the words in there. In right? So the church has taken that line out of Psalm 42. She's put it at the beginning, and then we pray the psalm, and then at the end we repeat those same words. It's repeated at the end. right? Because that's the main thing the, the church wants the priest to think about. I will go into the altar of God to God who gives joy to my youth. This disposition the priest is meant to have. He's thinking about, I'm, I'm going to offer Mass. I'm going to offer Mass. And to dispose my soul, I'm going to pray this song, the Yudhikam Me. Yeah. So um, here's the psalm. <clears throat> Judge me, O God, and distinguish my cause from the nation that is not holy. Deliver me from the unjust and deceitful man. For thou 
Art God my strength? Why hast thou cast me off? And why do I go sorrowful while the enemy afflicts me? Send forth thy light and thy truth. They have conducted me and brought me unto thy holy hill and into thy tabernacles. And I will go to the altar of God, to God who gives joy to my youth. To thee, O God, my God, I will give praise upon the harp. Why art thou sad, O my soul? And why dost thou disquiet me? Hope in God, for I will still give praise to him, the salvation of my countenance and my God. So this psalm is, is prayed by a soul who is delighted by the thought that he's going to go to the holy place of God and give praise to God there. He's saying, why, why is my soul troubled? Because we're going to, we're going to say Mass. We're, we're going to go to the, to the altar of God. Um, this, this should fill you with joy to, that you're getting ready to do this. Then, after that... <clears throat> The priest um, immediately makes a confession of his sins. Um, so he wants he, he he starts off the mass saying, "I'm going to go to the altar of God. I'm going to perform the mass, right?" But before I do that, I need to purify my soul. So I'm going to make a confession of my sins. Who am I going to confess my sins to? The priest. Well, I am the priest. God. God, God the Father Almighty, St. Michael, Blessed Virgin Mary, St. John the Baptist, Peter and Paul, Et Omnibus Sanctis, Omnibus Sanctis, And to you, my Father, that I've sinned. And to you all, and to even to you all, I mean, this is like a public confession, saying, "Heavenly Father, Saint Michael, Our Lady, Saint John the Baptist, Peter and Paul, all the saints, and you, I have sinned grievously through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault." Right? Yes. And therefore, and therefore. I ask you, I ask, I ask Our Lady, I ask St. Michael, I ask St. John the Baptist, I ask St. Peter and Paul, I ask all the saints, I ask you to pray for me, to pray for me um, to God, that, that my sins may be taken away, right? And then what do you do? What do you do after, after that? You're very obedient. Because <laughs> that's what you do, right? Immediately. What, what, what do you do immediately after that? Say, you repeat it. No? So you say, God Almighty. Yes, yes. Immediately, what the faithful do is pray the Miseriatu, Miseriatu May God, may Almighty God have mercy on you. Yeah. Um, and forgive you your sins. Right? Yes. So the priest confesses his sins. And then he asks you all to pray for him to God Almighty. And then the faithful do pray for him. And then the faithful themselves confess their sins. Right? Then they say the confidier. Because they are there too. 
to offer the sacrifice. Not in the same way, they're to unite with the sacrifice. Do their souls need to be purified before they do that? Yes. Yes. So this Mass of the Catechumen is going to prepare you for uniting with the priest by the recitation of these prayers, the, the confession of your sins. So, then you ask the priest to pray for you, right? And what does the priest do? He, he does it, right? He, he prays for you. Yes. He says the same prayer for you that you prayed for him. Right? So he says, Misuriato vestri omnipotens Deus, demisificatis vestris perucarbos ad vitam eternum. So this is, this is one of those prayers, right? This is one of those prayers I was talking about. Anybody with me? <laughs> one of the prayers that, that does what? The Misuriato is one of those prayers that, that asks for what? Salvation. Salvation. It's one of those prayers, one of the many prayers of the Mass that asks for salvation, salvation of our souls. Um, yeah. May you be led to life eternal. This is part of the Misuriator. Okay. So, <clears throat> after that, the priest says a prayer by himself. The priest says a prayer by himself called the Indulgentiam. Indulgentiam absolutionum remissionum peccatorum nostrorum. So, when you pray the prayer for the priest, you just pray it for one person. Then the priest prays for all of you in the Misereator. And then he says a prayer for all of us. He says, um, may, may God pardon... Let me just read this. Well, that's... That's correct. That's that's the prayer. Can you can you read that again, Jackie? Just a little bit louder. May the Almighty and Merciful Lord grant us pardon, absolution, and remission of our sins. Yes, yes. So, pardon, absolution, and remission of sins is the the prayer of the Indulgentiam. And it's almost like a mini absolution. It's not confession. So you haven't, you know, it's, it's not sacramental confession. But it's like a mini absolution at this point. The priest uses the word absolutionum. He uses the word absolution in the indulgentium. Only he prays this prayer. This is more of a priestly prayer. This is more of a prayer the priest alone has power to pray. Yeah, because he's He's asking for the absolution and remission of your sins. Um, which is a quasi-sacramental power. And you know that this is repeated before communion, a further purification. And, um, you know, people go to Mass. Um, we, we, we believe that, that um, you can be purified of your venial sins through this prayer. You can be purified of your venial sins. So if you're at Mass and, and you want to be as pure as possible when uniting with the priest and in sacrifice and when receiving Holy Communion, you have this prayer, the indulgentium, to, God willing, wipe away your venial sins. But it's not a sacrament. If it's not a sacrament, it depends upon your dispositions, the dispositions with which you're there at the Mass, the profit that you take from, from these prayers.
Okay. Let's just let's just look um, a little bit at this beginning of the mass to remind ourselves of of what happens. This is um, a video that was put together by the French district of the Society of St. Pius X, and that's why they speak Latin with a heavy French accent. Uh, um, it's an instructional video for priests, but we're just seeing the, uh, the part without the instructions, where it's just the Mass. Okay, so so this is the this is the beginning of our mass, right? So so you see that there's two main things going on here. First of all, the disposition of an ardent desire to do what the mass does, an ardent desire to be there and to offer the sacrifice to Almighty God. And then secondly, this disposition of our own unworthiness, and this is one of those times where the priest has to do that um, greatest bow, the, the consciousness of, of our own unworthiness and the fact that we need to purify ourselves um, before we accomplish this sacrifice, before we do the Mass. So even, even afterwards, um, you know that, that after the Confidier and after the Indulgentium, there's just, a, there's just a few prayers back and forth between the priest and the server, and then the priest goes up the altar. Then, then he's ready to go up the altar after he's confessed his sins um, and said the Indulgentium. And when, when he, he goes up the altar, he says a couple of prayers as he's walking up the steps. And it's the first time in the Mass the priest prays silently. It's the first of many times that the priest prays silently. And when he's going up the stairs to the altar, what is the theme of the prayers that, that he's saying? <clears throat> There's two prayers that he says. Yes, yes. So even as he goes up the altar, after after this, he, he goes up the altar. Um, he prays silently. I think they're frozen. 
They're frozen. It's just sound. It's the indulgentia. So, fortunately, it's not going to cooperate. It's just got them frozen. So you can just hear it, but you can't see it. I want to. I want to show him walking up the altar. I don't know if it would give a shot from the other side. You can see the priest saying the prayers. There's two prayers the priest says. The Alpha Anobis and the Oramus Um So the both of those prayers ask for deliverance from sins. Um, the first prayer is take away from us our iniquities, we beseech thee, O Lord. Being made pure in heart, we may be worthy to enter into the Holy of Holies. So this, this prayer is in plural. It's in the plural. Why, why do you think the prayer is in the plural? Who do you think he's including? Is he talking about the faithful? Is he talking about somebody else? Take, take away from us our iniquities. It's not a trick question, but it is a tough question. Yeah. Um, anybody want to take a stab at the church? The priesthood. Yeah. Well, one clue is that he's not saying the prayer out loud. He's not praying the prayer out loud. So he's not actually including the faithful in this prayer. He's praying it to himself. But if you go to a solemn high mass, you'll notice at that time that the deacon goes up the altar with him. So the, in the Solomon Mass, there's someone assisting him at his right hand. And so he's, he's using the plural, including the deacon that's with him. So he, he says, take away from us our iniquities, as someone else is going up the altar too with him. So the faithful um, are not going up the altar, and they're also, the, the prayer is not out loud. So those are, those are two indications that he's not including them in that. Then when he gets to the top of the altar, um, he he puts his hands on the altar briefly and then bows and kisses the altar stone which contains relics of the saints. Right? Why do we have a stone in the middle of the altar that contains relics of saints? Anybody know why we do that? Ashley? Um, is it like the beginning of the church when they were first offering the mass... I can't remember if it had to deal with like the catacombs or something. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's my story. What What happened at the catacombs? Oh, um, it was it was like the persecution you were talking about. Is that when they went like underground? Mm-hmm. And when they said mass, what happened? Um, I just remember that they would celebrate like on top of like stone, where it's like the body of like the early martyrs. Yes. Yes. So in the early days of the church. Mass was celebrated on top of the tombs of the martyrs. <clears throat> he said, who in the church most resembles our Lord? And we say, well, the martyrs. The martyrs died. They gave their life for the faith. So it, was, it seems very appropriate. We would say Mass. We renew the sacrifice of Calvary 
on top of the tomb from someone who imitated our Lord most perfectly. And, you know, you kind of be united with that saint. Say, well, we're still alive, but here's somebody who's gone before us, and he has imitated our Lord most perfectly. So why don't we say Mass on the tomb of this martyr and be connected to this saint when we're offering Mass, right? And, and we do the same thing to this day. We, we have three saints in the, uh, the altar stone. Um, when I was in the seminary, I was, when I was in the sacristy, and, and um, sometimes I had to prepare relics of saints for what's called a Greek corporal. Greek corporal is what you use if you're out in the mountains or wherever in a campsite, and you don't have a fixed altar, so you use a Greek corporal, and in the corner of the Greek corporal, you have relics of the saints. And um, sometimes we had to prepare these relics. So it, we had like this bone of St. Emerenciana. And uh, I think maybe St. Vitalis and Modestus, I can't remember. Um, and we would have to chip off parts of the bone and seal it in wax and then sew it into the corner of this corporal. And then have a uh, certificate that would go with it and say, this Greek corporal contains the relics of these martyrs. And then it was one of the things you got when you were ordained. And I still, I still have the Greek corporal that I got when I was ordained. Um, if I'm in one of those situations or you know, I'm somewhere, I need to save mass in a house or whatever, um, I get out that Greek corporal. So these, this practice... This has always been the practice since the beginning days of the church to say Mass on a place where the, the, some part of the body of a martyr is contained. Who are the saints we have here? I, I know Emma is one of them. Um, yeah, we have this brochure. There, I, I know there's there's two others. I think it might be Vitalis and Modestus. I'm not sure. Emma is, I'm sure, one of them. So the, the priest, um, he, um, he gets to the top of the altar. He, he, he bows down and he, he says his prayer, Ramos tape. And there's something unique about this prayer. There's something kind of strange about this prayer. See if you can catch it when I read the prayer to you. It says, We beseech thee, O Lord, by the merits of thy saints whose relics are here, and of all the saints that thou wouldst vouchsafe to pardon me all my sins. Amen. Anything strange? Pick up anything strange. Yes, he says, starts the we and then says, pardon me. That's right, that's right. So he starts the prayer in the plural, and he finishes it in the singular. So it's like at the beginning, he's, he's kind of with the deacon, and then he kind of just like leaves the deacon behind, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we beseech thee, O Lord, by the merits of the saints... And then he kisses the altar, the, the, the place of the altar stone. Whose relics are here? Again, the same thing. That that was vouchsafed to pardon me all my sins. So the Mass is accomplished in union with the saints, and especially those saints who we have the, the relics of their body actually there in the altar. And we ask their intercession with this same intention. We ask Our Lady, we ask St. Michael, we ask St. John the Baptist, we ask St. Peter and Paul, we asked all the saints, and now once more we ask these saints who are here for this intention of removing our sins.
before before we start the mass. Um, so it's very unfortunate that. No, I don't want to use my widgets. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not working. Okay. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, that would probably work. But that would take a while. Okay. Now I'm 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 not going to um, talk about the new mass in in these catechism classes uh, classes, but I just cannot resist um, <laughs> just showing the beginning of the new mass because we we've seen here. <clears throat> Hopefully, you've, you've captured already, to a certain degree, the spirit of the traditional Mass. And you, you have this great solemnity. There's, there's so much solemnity. The language, the bowing. There's so much the consciousness of our unworthiness. Um, th these prayers, persevering prayers, repeated prayers, church you know, after the confeder, you would think about, it, I'm good, right? <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> but sure, it says, no, you got to keep asking for your purification because you're not good. Um, so there's, there's this insistence on the unworthiness of the priest. He starts at the base of the altar. He goes up. Even when he's going up, he's asking for the forgiveness of his sins. Um, so this is the beginning of a mass in the Denver Cathedral. Um, let's just... See the beginning and see if we can notice any differences, if there are any differences at all in there that we might be able to pick up. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. With your spirit. My name is Father James Fox, and I'm happy to be your celebrant for today's pre-recorded Mass. So, brothers and sisters, in this great season of Lent, let us acknowledge our sins, preparing ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and the saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us all to everlasting life. Amen. Facing the people in the vernacular. Facing the people in the vernacular. So the priest does not have his back to the faithful. Um, he's he's facing them, and when you're when you're facing somebody, you need to talk to them, right? And you need to have a you need to have a conversation with them. So you get the immediate impression that the focus is on a dialogue between the priest and the faithful, much much more than everyone facing God. Um, the vernacular. Um, lowers the tone considerably. The the um, the hymn, the hymn at the beginning. Um, 
lowers the tone considerably. That that was another difference, right? What what, what was different about that? It was really quick. It was really quick. It's called the entrance hymn. It was really quick. It's by, sung by a woman. It's sung by a woman in the in the sanctuary, at a pulpit by herself, facing the people. Right? Do, do we do any solos here? No, we, we don't do solos. Um, and we don't, if someone's going to sing, where are they going to sing? In the choir loft. So we don't see them. We don't want to, do we want to see them? No, we, we don't want to see them. And this is a Novus Ordo Mass considered to be done correctly, right? right. It's done correctly. It's done correctly. More reverent um, is probably, yeah, being considered. Yeah. Yes. So she's in the sanctuary. She's singing a solo by herself. Um, anything else? Any other differences? He starts at the altar. He starts at the altar. It's not. There's no. There's no working your way up to the altar, right? Yes. You just immediately go to the altar, right? There's. There's no um, starting at the at the base. Yeah. He doesn't confess. He only confesses to Almighty Father. He doesn't mention the saints, the Blessed Virgin, Peter and Paul, John the Baptist. Skip the saints. He did include. Um, he did include us from other matters. I think so. Not, not right away. He said, "I confess to Almighty God," and then he after that, when he said after through my father, through my father, my previous father, then he mentioned the Blessed Virgin. Right. Yes. Yeah. And he introduced himself. Yeah. Yeah. Introduced himself. Yeah. Something you got. You should do. Yeah. I call it headquarters. Father, I was wondering why there's two altars. Two altars. Two main altars. Yeah. Well, I mean, God bless them. They kept the they kept the high altar at the cathedral, um, but but they used that one. Use that. Yeah. Use the table for the mass. Mm. Yes. I also noticed there was only one confiteor, and it was set by the priest and the faithful at the same time. So there yes. isn't any distinction between. Yes. Yes. One confiteor said by both the priest and the faithful, and no indulgencia. No indulgencia. Mm. Yeah. Were there any prayers going up the altar? They yeah. offer a nobis or take No. No. Right into the curia. Right. Just straight, straight into the curia. Yeah. And the curia, like the curia doesn't invoke. Uh, I think there's only two curiers, two priestes, and then. Two there's six. There's six instead of nine. Yeah. He kisses the altar at the very beginning. He kisses the altar at the very beginning. Yes, because they still have the relics of saints there. All right, that's all for today. Um, thank you, students, for coming to the first adult catechism here at Saint Isidore. And come back next week. We'll do it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Our Lady, help of Christians. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.